Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. It's uh, Monday morning already, and uh, we have a great show for you today. This is a TriCast, AM 970, The Answer, WABC 770, and WLIR. And in the studio, we have a common-sense Democrat, Judge Richard Weinberg, a common-sense Republican, Congressman Peter John. King, and my sidekick, <laughs> uh, Lydia Serrano. Lydia, we got a great show. Absolutely. Reunited, and it feels so good. We were on this morning. I don't know where you get the energy, John Katzmatidis. We have a great show. We're going to have Bill O'Reilly, as we always do every Monday. Then we'll have Michael Goodwin. He's a Pulitzer Prize-winning writer for the New York Post. He's going to tell us all about that Iran deal and why it is bad news. Bert Flickinger, he'll be on with us again, talking about inflation and what we can expect. Chris McGrath, he is the former president of the Nassau County Bar Association. Association, so we'll be talking about SCOTUS and more. And John Solomon will have the latest breaking news for us from justthenews.com. But first, let's go to Bill O'Reilly. He's on the line with us right now. Bill O'Reilly, hopefully you had a, a lovely weekend. Lovely? Uh, I don't know if I've ever had a lovely weekend. <laughs> not, let me think back. You know, I'm having Solomon on uh, on Common Sense tonight at 9 o'clock, also on WABC. He's getting a lot of airtime on um, and I talked to him about the uh, situation going forward with um, linking Joe Biden, the president, with his son, Hunter Biden, and what the odds are that that might happen. And it's an interesting conversation, so I'm glad you guys are having him on as well. He knows about it, much about this as anybody on the planet, I think, this Hunter Biden situation. I gave uh, John Solomon my opinion, I think, the uh, in this morning I talked about it. I think with Hunter Biden, they're just going to hit him with the IRS, uh, make him pay the taxes on whatever money he didn't pay taxes on, and um, that'll be it. I think he's going down. Well, well you know, the grand jury is uh, interesting. So that might be what the attorney general would want to do, Garland. But he didn't really have sway over uh, the folks on the uh, grand jury. So they'll make the call on whether Hunter gets indicted or not. Um, it's a long stretch to think that Joe Biden will get dragged in it. But, you know, from the laptop and, and the things that Hunter Biden himself wrote, certainly he's implying that, you know, his father benefited financially from his overseas deals. Um, but, you know, then you have to ask the question, well, did Hunter Biden write it when he was on crack? I mean, does he know what he's talking about? Because the guy's obviously trouble. So you have to give him due process. But it's a fascinating story because it's almost like the Spiro Agnew thing. Remember Spiro? He would have been so, president. Yeah. So when Spiro was vice president, he was still taking some uh, money from the uh, Maryland contractors. And it was still flowing in, and that's why they had to boot him. Now, um, he pled uh, no contest, not guilty, but they got him. And, you know, this is uh, almost the same allegation that Joe Biden, while he was vice president under Obama, benefited from his son's overseas deals. That's the allegation. Long way, but not impossible. What they can do, Bill, it's uh, Richard Weinberg. What they can do is they can indict the son and they can uh, name uh, an unnamed co-conspirator. 
if they want to go that way. Yeah, but then in the trial, judges, you will know, uh, you know, even if Hunter Biden doesn't testify, there's going to be all kinds of people come on in and people that Joe Biden has had dealings with. So it, it's not a good thing. Which is why, which is the why they'll offer him a deal and a cop will get it, as you pointed out, uh, a no contest, what we call a NOLA contendory plea, not admitting anything but saying there's no contest so there won't be a trial. That's the strategy on on the White House. But then, then Hunter would have to do some time, right? Well, it's up to whatever the guidelines, the federal guidelines are for that. And But yeah, I but think I disagree with John Casmatidis. I think this is a lot bigger than just paying some money to, to the IRS. Yeah, because of the grand jury component. Exactly right. Right. Because they can't control that politically. And, but it's interesting, I, I raised this question that uh, this football player, um, Deshaun, uh, what's his last name, Watson, um, they, you know, all of these people thought that he was going to go down with the grand jury. Grand jury came back, no. So it's not a lock just because there's a grand jury where you get an indictment or not. That's exactly correct. Even though the former chief judge of the state of New York used to say a grand jury would endorse indict a, a ham sandwich. It's not always correct. I agree no, with you. No longer. It was a lot easier back then because now, you know, you have a, a lot of politics involved in this kind of stuff, which, you know, with the Bidens, I mean, it, you don't get any higher than that. Well, speaking of politics, Governor Hochul, it looks like there might be a crack in the armor in Albany that she might be, what is it, John, a 10-point uh, plan for the bail reform to reform the bail reform. Do you think it's possible that it'll happen, Bill O'Reilly? Well, we talked about this last Monday, um, and it was interesting to uh, hear Governor Patterson last Monday on WABC say the reason Ahoko put this in a budget was to give the far-left people cover. Now they can vote for the budget at the same time, vote for bail reform, because they don't want to do that on its own. Um, but, you know, you have a, an outcry among the citizenry of New York State, very intense outcry. And Hogel's got to know that maybe she could squeak it out, but there could be a lot of far left legislators going down on this no bail thing. So she's got to uh, do something. So, yes, I would say that this is going to happen and that the situation is not going to be entirely cleaned up, but it'll be better. But then you have these judges. I mean, you know, every day you, you see, you know, people getting um, not punished for very heinous crimes because the individual judges simply won't do it. So I, I think that the whole state is in a, a place now, a bad place as far as the justice system is concerned. Just this weekend alone in New York City, we had 29 shootings and 24 separate incidents. John, I mean, at what point do the leaders have to wake up? Well, I think they, they're starting to realize, they're starting to fear the common sense class, mm -hmm. the common sense Democrats, Republicans, versus fearing the the few left, common, uh, you know, uh, people. you got to notice something, you know, uh, uh, Mayor Adams put his foot down, mm -hmm. and have you seen anybody uh, criticize him from uh, uh, the woke culture? You're right. No, maybe they th maybe they realize that time is up. Maybe. You know, uh, Adams is running around. He went to Chicago to talk about guns, but not the people who use the guns. And now I thought that was very interesting, and I I do this tonight on Common Sense. This is my opening monologue on uh, the show tonight, at nine o'clock. Um, so and, he, Adams, and he went to Miami too. 
Yeah. So Adam basically uh, doing this to try to take some of the heat off the people who are actually using the guns. So if you look at the FBI statistics, which are always very interesting, the overwhelming amount of what they call gun crimes, they never call it gun criminals ever. It's always gun crimes are African-American. And you funnel it down into 16 to 24, 25. You know, that's the, the zone. Those young males, never women. And isn't that interesting? Gun crimes and women hardly exist. With but like knives. You. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that supposed to make us feel thank better, you. Lydia? Uh, I, I could never say that, Lydia, but thank you for saying that. Um, but that's the zone. And see, that's a real hot zone for uh, Mayor Adams. He doesn't want to get into that. But if you really um, want to solve the problem, and actually Bill Barr writes about this in his book, which I've read, which is almost impossible to read, by the way. I mean, they ought to just shoot the editor, pardon the pun, who put that book together. It's so hard to read it. You know, but there's some very good nuggets in the book. And Barr says... It, you know, the analysis just Department did it. It's only four or five percent that are using the guns to terrorize the rest of the country. And they're all in these gangs. Yet, if you say that, then you're a racist. Um, but if you attack those gangs and the structure of the gangs and bars, a whole bunch of data in there, um, then you break the back of that violent gun criminality. But, again, the politicians won't do it because if you do it, you have to point the finger at a certain racial group, and they don't want to do it. You could investigate and prosecute them under the laws on criminal enterprise. That's right, Rico. That's exactly right. You don't even have to do that because all the cops know who they are. It's not like the, the NYPD doesn't know where the gangs are and who's in the gangs. They know. It's just that they can't stop and frisk them. Because he'll get it thrown out. And that's what they used to do. That's what Giuliani and Bratton and Ray Kelly and and Bloomberg, that's how they drove that violent crime down, is every time these guys would walk out of the house, there'd be a cop following them and, and turn around and boom, up against the wall. And so they couldn't carry the guns because they knew if they did, they're going to go up state for five to ten years. But then they knocked all that out. And then you saw the jump in what Mayor Adams would call gun crime, not not gun criminality, which is what he should be saying. And instead of saying gang shooting, they now say mass shootings. Have you noticed that in the media as well? No, I didn't notice that. Is that what they're doing now? Yeah, mass shootings. That's what they call them now, mass shootings. If you see it in Atlanta, Miami. And let's, let's talk about the border. You know, you got MS-13, Congressman King, I know, was a huge problem on Long Island, and then it got basically nipped in the bud, and it's going to happen all over again. Yeah, it was actually put down. You know, many were locked up and put away, and the others were in hiding, but they're there. And all you need is any kind of reinforcements to come in or to have a, uh, a lessening of pressure, and they'll strike again. Well, you know, the border is so bad, and that we don't get a lot of that up here in New York. Um But the narcotics coming across the border is at record levels now. 
record levels. And you're talking fentanyl and uh, heroin and methamphetamine. And they say, well, there's 120,000 deaths a year from drug overdoses. It's triple that at least, because a lot of people die from narcotics, but they don't put it down as an OD, but their heart gives out or they have some kind of other AIDS or, you know, that kind of a thing. So Biden's open border policy, which has now been totally blown away because of Ukraine, so people don't even talk about the border anymore. But in February, there were record what they call encounters by Border Patrol down uh, in February, they had never seen more people encountering the Border Patrol. And it's not because the Border Patrol is swarming. It's because there's so many people coming over. And a percentage of those people, of course, are carrying narcotics. And, And under Trump, the Mexicans were actually cooperating in trying to dismantle the cartels. But as soon as Trump left office, that was over. Obrador said no more cooperation. They're not cooperating with the cartel investigations with the USA. And that's why one of the reasons, in addition to Biden's open border policy, you have this enormous surge. And a lot of this junk winds up on the streets of New York, which drives the drug gangs to kill each other to control territory. So it's all linked together. And uh, Biden has just cut in in his budget proposals. Biden has cut border security money. You say, but he's not enforcing, he's not enforcing immigration law at all. Exactly right. So when you do that, when you don't enforce it, then the border patrol becomes overwhelmed by human beings. So they, they, they can't even try to interdict narcotics because all day long, they're processing people who are coming across the border, human beings that have to be processed. And Bill, apart from narcotics, like we did have terrible violence on Long Island back in 24, before Donald Trump got involved, we had 25 murders in 18 months in my district alone. And we haven't had one since then. Since Trump got involved with the FBI and the DEA and all of them going all out, it worked. But again, yeah, that because they, spring. the Trump administration put pressure on the individual com, uh, countries. They also swamped Suffolk County when through he turned them loose in Suffolk County and they got the job done. And these gangsters, they always kill their own people, right? It was the, the most and of them MS-13 were. And was killing all immigrants. No. No white non-immigrant was hurt by MS-13. And they most, went after their own. And, yeah. and they keep talking to the Democrat. I don't want to say de- uh, regressives uh, about uh, black and brown right. suspects and shooters. What about the black and brown victims? Because they make up the majority of victims. Well, according to Barr in his book, uh, one of the big revenue generators for MS-13 is extortion of other Salvadorans and other Central Americans. So they, you open a business, a bodega, a deli, these guys walk in and say, you know, we'll take 10% every month, have the check, the check, have the cash ready, or, you know, we're going to chop you up or burn down your store. So that's how the poor people are being impacted. And that happens in New York City as well. You go to any bodega, and if the guy will talk to you off the record, he'll tell you, yep. he's got to pay. He's got to pay these people that come walking in. They go, look, you pay or we know where your daughter goes to school. Bill, Bill O'Reilly, uh, what are you going to be talking about on uh, Monday through Friday between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock on WBCRadio.com, 770 on the AM dial? What are you going to talk about? Well, the uh, Ukraine story is still a big story. And uh, the shift in Putin's military tactics is uh, what I lead with tonight after I deal with the local situation and uh, Mayor Adams and the guns. So 
Putin um, has realized now that he's not going to be able to physically occupy Ukraine. And what he's trying to do is make it so painful for the Ukrainians by blowing up all the buildings and, and having artillery and air just destroy the infrastructure. He wants to make that um, so Zelensky will give him uh, 20, 25 percent of the country, just uh, like they did with Crimea. Russia would annex it. That's what's happening now. So in the beginning, Putin thought he might be able to occupy the entire country. That's not going to happen now because he's losing too many people. Uh, the world, you know, is squeezing him economically. So he wants to do is, you know, up the pain point so that Zelensky comes and gives them um, part of the country. So that is our lead story. Tonight. I will be listening at nine o'clock tonight. Thank you for everything you do. And you speak out for our country. God bless you. and God bless America. And I'll be listening tonight. Thank and I you. want to mention his book, Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. That's your 11th book in your multi-million selling killing series. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be just as good as the last one, Killing Killing the Mob. Do you got Putin in this latest one? Because he's quite the terrorist now. Yeah, no, we don't have Putin in there. We, uh, But this is the best reporting I've ever done in my career, this book. It's really worth uh, everybody checking out. It comes out again May 3rd. Thanks for mentioning it. Always fun talking to you guys. Thank See you. you.